This podcast is made available for free globally. That is only possible through my relationships with advertising partners. If you would like to access an ad-free version of Practical Stoicism, go to stoicismpod.com forward slash members to learn more. Good morning, Prakaptan. I hope you are well. The patrons have pressed me to answer a question that I'm afraid is going to expose a terrible truth. Language in Stoicism is difficult to be consistent with because when you're speaking with Stoics, certain words mean certain things. But when you're speaking with non-Stoics, so pretty much everybody else, those same words mean different things. For example, if I tell you that my dog is a good dog and you're a Stoic, I've just called my dog a sage, a virtuous dog. But if you're just some random person who's not a Stoic and I tell you my dog is a good dog, you think I mean he's a pretty great dog that I like a lot and who is well-behaved. It's a real quagmire. But first, no new patrons this week, so I'm going to take a moment to remind you that getting rid of ads and gaining access to a lot of cool stuff starts at just $5 a month, and your elective support to pay me for the work I do in the Stoicism community, whether it is here with this podcast, or anywhere I write for free, or managing our Discord server, or holding free live events with cool people like William Stevens, which is happening this weekend. Check the show notes for more information on that. It's free. All of that is only possible for me to fully dedicate my time to because some of you choose to patronize me. Writers support readers by writing, and readers support writers by making sure they can afford the time it takes them to write. That is the symbiotic relationship that I'm trying to encourage on this show. So if you don't mind ads, by all means, please keep listening for free. But if you do mind them, and you'd like to both get rid of them and support my work directly, please go to stoicismpod.com forward slash members and become a patron today. All right, time for some of those aforementioned ads. See you on the other side. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Factor. Eating easy is rarely healthy, but with Factor, the marriage of ease and health has finally happened. Ring those bells and throw that rice. Factor is a meal delivery service providing never-frozen, chef-crafted, dietitian approved meals that are ready to go in just two minutes and are delivered straight to your doorstep. This includes restaurant-quality meals for every meal of the day and, if you want, even snacks and beverages as well. I used Factor for years and raved to my friends about how not a single meal tasted bad, which was an astounding feat since all the meals were healthy and could be tailor-made to whatever diet initiative I was trying to keep up with, like veganism, vegetarianism, paleo, low-carb, whatever. Now, get ready to hear the number 50 way more than you thought you'd hear it today because listeners of the Practical Stoicism podcast should head over to factormeals.com forward slash practical 50, that's practical 50, and use the code practical50 at checkout to get 50% off. That's code practical50 at factormeals.com forward slash practical50 to get 50% off. Seed DSO-1 is a daily symbiotic, which is a probiotic and prebiotic formulated to provide benefits for gut immune function and whole body health. I take it every morning before I eat, 
which is when it works the best. And I have noticed a big difference in my digestion, regularity, and even my skin. It's nice that this benefit comes in a small package that needs no refrigeration and really is just a couple of simple, small pills. You also get this cool little travel vial in case you're traveling, so you don't have to stuff a bunch of loose pills in your pocket, which is nice. It's also nice that this product is so rigorously tested from a scientific perspective, which makes seeds probiotic research, development, and innovation programs a lot more trustworthy. So trust your gut health to Seed's DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic. Go to seed.com forward slash practical and use code 25practical to get 25% off of your first month. That's 25% off of your first month of Seed's DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic at seed.com forward slash practical with the code 25 practical. Welcome back from the ad chasm. Today we have a question from a patron and that question is as follows. By the way, the question is from Archie. In your podcast episode, Vicious Halloween Costume, you make the distinction that the decision you made to bring the people you brought on board the podcast team wasn't bad, but instead wrong. I'm confused what you mean by that. How can something be wrong, but not bad? And if something is bad, does it necessarily have to be wrong? How do we distinguish the two? In relation to our character, Doing something that requires us to assent to greed is wrong and bad because you usually hurt people in the process. But what about procrastination on a personal project? Would this be considered wrong but not bad because you're not hurting anyone but yourself? I hope I did a good job explaining my question, and as always, thanks for the work you do. Thank you, Archie, for being a patron, and thanks for the question. So I think I might have to admit some fault here. We've talked about Socrates and his idea that no one knowingly does evil in the past. Let me spend just a minute or so here refreshing you if you don't remember. Socrates said that no one knowingly does evil, because if they're choosing to do anything, they must have a justification in their mind that the thing they're choosing to do is actually the fitting thing to do, and thus the correct thing to do, and thus the right thing to do. Think of the Joker in Batman. Total lunatic, right? Totally knew he was doing evil things, right? Well, according to Socrates, wrong. Everything the Joker ever did could be reduced down to a justification he had for doing it. And within that justification had to be a genuine belief that he was right, that he was doing the right thing. And this has to extend to the most horrible sorts of acts by the most horrible sorts of people. Hitler? Mm-hmm. He believed that what he was doing was right. Can you imagine being so absolutely effed in your head that you think these sorts of monstrous things, the kinds of things that this fictional character and real-life character, the Joker and Hitler, did, were the right things to do? Well, Socrates could imagine it, and so could the Stoics, and that's why they praised virtue so highly. In fact, higher than anything else. It was the only thing they praised highly. It was the only good. Virtue is the knowledge of how to live excellently, and if you don't have this knowledge, specifically the further you are from attaining it, the more at risk you are of being a joker or a Hitler, of being a person so deficient in progress towards this kind of knowledge that you are something like vice incarnate. Because if virtue is the knowledge of how to live excellently, then vice is the ignorance of how to live excellently. 
And then what we call evil is the complete absence of any such knowledge or progress towards any such knowledge. To the Stoics, when you assent to an impression, poorly or wrongly, you make the only mistake a human is actually capable of making, mistaking vice for virtue, mistaking what is not true for what is true, mistaking what is not within your power to choose for what is within your power to choose. All of these things are moral mistakes. They are reasoning mistakes, mistakes of the rational faculty, the only thing you control, the only thing that is actually yours. This is the whole kicking the stork's nest thing from Epictetus that you've heard us talk about in the Discord community if you're a member there or on this podcast before. I don't understand why you're so upset, Epictetus. All I did was kick a stork's nest. It's not like I burned down the capital. You idiot, says Epictetus. This is the capital. Because whether you unjustly kick a stork's nest, kill Commissioner Gordon's wife, facilitate and execute a holocaust, or burn down the capital, according to the Stoics and others in ancient Greek philosophy, you've made the same root mistake, the same moral error. You've assented to the belief that your action is appropriate. So, in a Stoic sense, when something is wrong, it is bad. So, in the Stoic sense, when something is wrong, it is bad. Because if I make a wrong choice, it means I've made a moral error or an error of reason. And that means I'm not virtuous, which means I'm vicious. And that means, for the Stoics anyway, that I've done a bad thing, that I am bad. Vice is the only bad, while virtue is the only good. But this isn't how we talk in modern parlance, is it? In modern parlance, wrong means a mistake in judgment or an error in reason. It mostly means incorrect when we're not discussing morality specifically. While bad, on the other hand, is almost always connected to a moral judgment of some sort. If we say bad dog, we don't mean you're a dog who made an error in reasoning. We mean you're a dog who behaved like a dog who doesn't know how to behave. You're a bad dog. We're making a moral judgment about the dog. We're not saying that it thought incorrectly. So what I was trying to convey when I said what I said was that some of my decisions were logically wrong, but not morally bad, because, again, in modern parlance, if someone makes a morally bad choice, the suggestion is that that morally bad choice was premeditated in a malicious fashion, that you were wrong and cruel and mean on purpose. So I chose wrong, but I'm not bad for it. Or more clearly, I made a mistake, but that wasn't my intent. In Stoicism, when we make a mistake, it shows we lack the knowledge of how to live well, because a sage, the only person who possesses virtue, would never make a mistake, because the sage would never venture into an endeavor he or she didn't fully understand how to enter into. Now, there's a caveat here, because a Stoic can make a mistake, because at the time a choice was made, it can seem like it's reasonable to believe it's the correct choice, which is what I believe I did. And there's a famous example of this in the Stoic canon that, if I'm not mistaken, happens in Egypt. But I can't remember who's involved. Someone shows a Stoic an apple made of wax, and the Stoic grabs the apple and bites it, thinking it's a real apple. And so the accusation is that a mistake was made there. But the Stoic shoots back, no, it's not a mistake. And it doesn't suggest I'm not a sage. 
because the opinion I assented to was a reasonable opinion. It was reasonable to assent to the belief that this wax apple was a real apple. So there's some nuance here that I don't know that I'm smart enough to get into, but I just wanted to note that it does exist. My mistake was entering into a series of agreements I shouldn't have. And I thought it was the right thing to do at the time, and I had to learn the hard way that it wasn't. And I had to learn that because, from the Stoic perspective, I am vicious. That is to say, I'm not a sage. I involved myself in this podcast, and by extension all of you, with people and organizations that I didn't understand well enough to really make the decision to do that. So in my opinion, I made a moral mistake. But when I conveyed those thoughts to you, I was speaking in modern parlance instead of in stoic parlance, which is my mistake. <laughs> Another mistake. I shouldn't have done that because this is a stoicism podcast. But this whole thing, this whole thing we're discussing right now, this is why the idea of withholding assent is so important. Because most contemporary thinkers would say something more like this when talking about mistakes. It's unrealistic to beat yourself up for making a mistake. It's not your fault. You made a decision with the information you had at the time, and it wound up not working out. But you didn't make the decision with knowledge of the future, so you've done nothing wrong. But the Stoics would say, I think rightfully, you should have withheld assent. It's true that outcomes don't matter when judging a person's moral character, which is why Epictetus equated nest-kicking to capital-burning. It is instead the mistake of assenting when you shouldn't have which makes you vicious and thus bad. It's not the outcome or even the action. It's the incorrect assenting and the choice it resulted in. In Archie's question, there's also a question about distinguishing. In Stoicism, there's probably not much of a distinction. If you're wrong in Stoicism, you've made a reasoning error. And if you make a reasoning error, you're not virtuous. And if you're not virtuous, you're not good, as the Stoics define it, but are instead bad or vicious. So again, I don't think there's much of a distinction between these two words, these two Latin-based English words, right? I think that's important too, to note that we're talking about a Greek philosophy written in Greek, spoken about in Greek, developed later in Latin and Koine Greek, and now we're using words in English. So there's all kinds of problems that occur in that kind of transliteration, or literally that transliteration process, but let's not get into that. However, outside of Stoicism, being wrong is making a mistake, while being bad is being wrong intentionally and with malice. But in Stoicism and other Greek philosophies, no one can be wrong intentionally, right? Going back to the Joker and Hitler and the examples I gave before, because they believe what they're doing isn't wrong, but actually right. So they're not intentionally wrong. And whatever means by which they achieve their ends, those are just necessary actions towards what in their eyes is just action. Now think about how complicated this gets if I, in modern times right now, ask you a question like, how should we punish abusive spouses in contemporary society? The non-Stoic parts of you are going to say things like, lock them up, they're evil, criminals, kill them for all I care, or things like this. But the Stoic part of you would be called to recognize that such people act the way they act because they believe the way they're acting is necessary in order for them to be in alignment with whatever they've assented to believing is the right thing for them to be doing. So all evil, from a Stoic perspective, is rooted in ignorance, in moral and reasoning mistakes. Now, the answer may still be, lock them up. 
But as a Stoic, that answer has to be well-reasoned to in order not to be vicious, while everyone else, the non-Stoics, get to two-dimensionalize the situation and the person they're judging and lead with their unchecked emotions instead of with their rational faculty, instead of with their hegemonicon. Now, as far as procrastination, because that's the last part of Archie's question, in the Stoic sense, it is both bad and wrong because you are choosing, according to the Stoics, to put off your duty to a role. You're making a moral and reasoning error. In the non-Stoic sense, it is less severe than that. But perhaps thinking in the non-Stoic way is what makes it so easy for society to keep making these sorts of seemingly innocuous errors. They are entirely unfamiliar with a way of looking at the world that focuses on the importance of assent and choice. Thanks for listening today. Thanks for the question from patron Archie. Remember, if you'd like to become a patron and support this podcast and my work, please go to stoicismpod.com forward slash members to sign up. Thanks again for listening. And until next time, take care. 